Okay, there we go. All right, y'all can hear me now. All right, so uh, I was going to brag on everybody here because I, gotta, I just have to confess uh, that your pastor sometimes has little faith. And so this morning, uh, actually earlier this week, when I saw there was going to be rain in the forecast and cold for Sunday, um, you know, I was like, okay, we're, it's going to be a low attendance Sunday, and it's just going to be a string of low attendance Sundays because spring break is like the next week, you know, and so front weekend and back weekend, like nobody's going to be here for three weeks, you know, uh, and so one of the things that pastors hate to see is rain on Sunday uh, because... I don't know what it is, but the devil just keeps people home on Sunday when it's raining, all right? It's just one more excuse not to go to church, you know? And so I want to brag on you this morning uh, because you are here, and uh, you know what? I'm just going to hold this, Jacob. That's all right. I'm just going to hold this. Um, so that you are here, and I don't want that thing sticking up in front of my face. So anyway, all right, just funny that way, all right? But anyway, um, I'm glad that you're here, and I hope that you um, just hear a word from the Lord this morning. But that's not what we're going to talk We're not talking about the weather, okay? Uh, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's dreary, but you know, oh, oh, well, it's early March in Texas, and just give it a couple of days, and it'll change, right? It's going to be like in the 70s by the end of this week, so there you go, all right? But we're not talking about weather here this morning. We're going to talk about towers. We're talking about towers this morning. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm fascinated by skyscrapers, tall buildings. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been, you know, downtown Fort Worth or downtown Dallas. Actually, our skyscraper here are pretty wimpy when you compare it to other cities skyscrapers and things like that. Maybe you've been to New York or maybe you've been to Chicago or, or maybe you've been, you know, overseas and where there's some really tall, really tall skyscrapers. But I've always been fascinated by skyscrapers. And, you know, when you're standing at the base of a skyscraper, it, I mean, you look up and it's like, it literally looks like it's scraping the sky. Like that's a proper name for it, right? It's a skyscraper because it's so tall. Um, you know, it seems as though, you know, it is, it is, is touching touching the sky. Well, the tallest building in the world uh, is found in Dubai, and it is the, I'm probably going to totally and completely like butcher this name, but it's the Burj Khalifa, all right? And I got a couple pictures here for you. So there it is right there, all right? And it stands 2,717 feet tall. Like, that is really tall. Like, here's a perspective. Like, that's just over half a mile. It is half a mile tall. All right? Just kind of get that in your mind, all right? Uh, and this is what it looks like standing from the bottom of it. Yeah. Like, it literally looks like it's touching the sky, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's the world's tallest building. It's the world's tallest skyscraper. Uh, if you've ever seen uh, the movie uh, Mission Impossible, uh, Ghost Protocol, I think it was, one of, there's like seven or eight of them out there now, but anyway, I think it was Ghost Protocol, and Tom Cruise is like hanging off the side of this building, you know, so it's really cool, but anyway, this is the tallest building in the world. Well, this morning, uh, we're going to talk about a people who attempted to try to build a tall building, a tall tower, uh, back in the ancient Near East. We're going to be looking at the story of the Tower of Babel, and here's what we're going to discover this morning, is that some of the same motivations that they had for building this tall tower are some of the same motivations that people have today for building these tall skyscrapers. And what we're also going to discover this morning is that in all of our lives, at different times in our lives, we have attempted to build towers just like the people in our story that we're going to look at today for various reasons, and for some of the same reasons, all right? So why don't you take your Bibles and turn me to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. 
If you have the YouVersion Bible app downloaded your smart device, uh, you can open that up, uh, click on events, search for North Point, and my message notes will be there for you, as well as the passage scripture that we're going to be reading. So Genesis chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. So I'm going to stop right there for just a moment. I don't know if you ever realized that, but it, it, it's sometime in a long, 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 long time ago, right? A long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far, no, we're not going there, okay? But a long, long time ago, uh, every, there was one common language. I know that's really hard for us to believe, right? But there was one common language. Everybody spoke the same exact language, just so everybody could communicate, you know? Uh, so verse 2, as the people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. This would be um, actually where Babylon would eventually be established, so this would be like modern-day Iraq is where this is taking place, all right? Verse 3, they said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They use brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Some of the scholars that I looked at this week and some of the commentary said this was, this was like a technological advancement for these people back in the day. It wasn't just stones that they were building uh, with, which is what they typically built with, but they, were, they had learned how to make bricks. And so this was like a technological advancement um, for the people here. So verse 4, then they said, come. Let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower uh, the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from, from all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel, really it would be Babel, okay, uh, which is where Babylon actually comes from, and in the Hebrew it sounds like con the word for confusion, because the Lord has confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth, okay? So... Here's some things that I want, us to, I want us to see here this morning. And the first thing that we need to recognize here is to put ourselves in the shoes of these people. I want us to put ourselves in the shoes of the, the Tower of Babel builders, okay? Because I think what we're going to see here this morning is that we have some things in common with them that we attempt to build towers just like they attempted to build towers, although those ours aren't necessarily with brick and mortar, uh, but we still try to build towers in our lives as well. And so here's the first thing I want us to see, and that is that we build towers in an attempt to regain something we lost in God. We build towers in an attempt to regain something that we once had in our relationship with God. So I want you to notice um, in our text, specifically verse 4. Okay, So it says, then they said, come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. So they want to build a city, they want to build a tower, and they want to make a name for themselves. These are three things that are really crucial for us to kind of pick up on uh, in our text early on here this morning. So notice they want three things. A city, think of that as a home or a place to belong, okay? Uh, they want to build a tower that reaches to the heavens, they wanted to build something significant in their lives 
for their lives to matter for something that would be permanent. I mean, towers are usually permanent. I mean, the taller they are, the bigger the base, you know, they're, they're more permanent. So they wanted to build something that was permanent. They wanted to build something that would kind of signify that their lives really mattered, that they had significance. And to make a name for themselves, they wanted greatness. But here's what I want us to understand. They are attempting to regain something that Adam and Eve and all humanity had in the garden. Because in the garden, before sin entered into the world, humanity, you and I, we had each of these things. We had a city. In fact, it was a garden, and it was a beautiful place, and it had everything that we would ever need and everything that we would ever want, and we had perfect fellowship with God. It was a city. It was a place to belong. Not only that, but we had a tower. We had significance in the fact that we were, had a relationship with our God who created us, and, and our purpose for our lives was was living for him and living for obedience uh, to him and, and doing his will. And that's where we found our permanence, that's where we found our significance, where we found our, uh, our, our safety and our security. And we also had a name. And that name was really living for the glory of God. It was really his name. It wasn't our name. We lived for the glory of God. We lived for his name. But because of sin, because sin came into the world, we lost all of those things. And so now we're constantly as human beings, we're trying to make these things, we're trying to find these things, we're trying to regain these things that we lost in the garden. You see, the three things that we see the people here, they're trying to build this Tower of Babel, what they're expressing truly are the desires of the human heart. And what they're expressing and what they are longing to regain that has been lost are three things. Belonging, security, and greatness. Belonging, security, and greatness. And I want to I just submit to you that it's not just these tower builders that are attempting to regain these things that they've lost, but it's you and me as well. We are constantly attempting to regain not just three, these three things, but we desire and long for these three things in our lives. So let's kind of break these down real quickly, okay? First of all, we want to belong. What are the people building here first and foremost? They're trying to build a city. They're trying to establish a city. Well, what is a city? Well, a city is certainly a place, but a city is the people, right? A city is made up of people. You can't have a city unless you have people. Like you can have buildings, uh, but it's not really a city unless there are people that are living in those buildings. And so a city is really about a place, but it's more than that. It's about a people. It's about a place to belong. It's about a people to belong to. And so what the people are doing here is they, they're, trying to, they're trying to make a place where they can belong. Because that's what a city represents. A place to belong. A people to belong to. You know, we are constantly looking for a place or a people to belong to. And we want a place that we can feel significant. We want, we want a people who are going to accept us. We want a people who are like us. We want a people who are safe, uh, that we can just be ourselves with, right? And, and they're not going to judge us. And the reason we want those things is because we've lost those things because of sin. 
we lost those things because we had those things with God and we've lost them. And so we go searching all over the place for them. We go searching for uh, a, a place to belong in, in groups. You know, whether that's a, a group at school, students, or whether that's a group uh, out, out, you know, outside of the workplace, uh, parents, or uh, maybe it's a group in the workplace. And we, we, we search for these things because we want to find significance. We want to find a people to belong to. We want to find somebody who's going to praise us uh, when, we, when we do something good or they're going to praise us for who we are. And so we look for affirmation from coaches. We look for affirmation from you know, family members. We look for affirmation from coworkers and bosses. We, we want to be affirmed. And, and this all has to do with us searching for a place to belong because we've lost that because of sin. You know, I was reminded this week, just kind of popped in my head as we're talking about Belong, uh, about a, a sitcom uh, that was in the, the 70s and 80s that played for 11 seasons called Cheers. And I was going to play, the, uh, I was gonna play the, the theme song for you here. We were all going to sing along, but we're actually doing Facebook Live now. I don't know if you realize that. We haven't made it public yet. We've kind of been testing it out for a few weeks, but I think we've kind of worked out all the kinks. And so we're doing Facebook Live now. And so if for whatever reason you're not able to be here, uh, now, Look, okay, hold on. Let me just step aside for just a moment. Don't use that as an excuse to stay home and not be here. But if you're sick, you got a legitimate excuse, you're traveling, you know, something like that, all you have to do is uh, pull up our, our Facebook page, North Point's Facebook page, and uh, our live video stream will be there for you, okay? And the great thing about Facebook Live is that even after the fact, it archives it for you, and so you can go back and watch this at any time. And we've got more cool things that are coming down the pipe, and so I'll share those with you when we're ready to. But anyway, um, Facebook Live has this really cool feature that um, if you are playing recorded music, like it mutes, okay? And so I didn't want to mute our broadcast today, all right? So I'm going to read the words here for you, but you know the tune. You can kind of sing along in your head. So here's the Cheers theme song. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see. The troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. You know, I think the reason why that sitcom ran for 11 seasons, like that's a really long time. Like TV shows today, they don't last that long. I think the reason why it lasted so long is because it resonated inside the heart of human beings. Yes, it was funny. Yes, there were great characters on the show. But I think it resonated uh, in the hearts of people because we all want a place to belong. We all want to go to a place that everybody knows our name, don't we? Man, we do. We want to go somewhere where everybody knows our name. And so here is a perfect opportunity for me to give a shameless plug for our life groups. You need to be involved in a life group. On any given Sunday morning, we have 350 plus people here on our campus. There is no way that you will ever know everybody's name and everybody will know your name. But if you get into a group of 20, 30 people, guess what? You're going to find yourself in a place where everybody will know your name. And you long for that, and I long for that. And so you need to get involved in a life group. Pick up a list out here at the Welcome Center on your way out today. End of the shameless plug, all right? Okay, so here's the deal. Towers are built by people who are desperate to belong. 
man, these people in our story, they are desperate to belong. They want to find a people and a place to belong. And that's why they're trying to build a city and then build a tower in the middle of this city. But here's the second thing that we want. We want security. We want security. Uh, I read a very fascinating article just a couple of weeks ago. It was perfect timing because I was studying for this passage, and it came out a couple weeks ago. And what it did was it talked about the story of the Tower of Babel and related it to the gospel and the church today. It was a fascinating article. I just want to read just a very brief portion of the article here real quickly. It says, psychologists tell us that the primary way people deal with fear is avoidance. So we don't need psychologists to tell us that, do we? Because we know that in our hearts. We get afraid of something, we just avoid it, right? We avoid the subject, we avoid the person, we avoid the place, we just avoid, right? We just stay away from people and places that cause us anxiety. And what causes anxiety? The unfamiliar and the unknown. That's why most of us prefer safe, familiar, homogenous environments and don't welcome diversity in our lives. Encountering diversity disrupts us. It brings about discomfort and engages us in a world where our deficiencies are often exposed. When we're in an unfamiliar environment, we don't feel as smart as with it, as competent as in control. So we often cling to what we know, what we're comfortable with. It makes us feel confident, it makes us feel safe, and it makes us feel like that we are in control of our lives. Man, did anybody feel like you just got convicted? Because I'm like, yeah, I I get that because, yeah, I live that at different times. I just avoid things because I like comfort, okay? I like comfort. Yesterday uh, was uh, the opening day of, of, of spring baseball. It was a miserable day. I cannot tell you how miserable I was, okay? And we were out there for about six hours yesterday, freezing to death in the cold, okay? Uh, I, and and all, all Brooke and I could do is we were looking at each other, watching the time click off the clock. Good thing Nathan's not in here, but we were like, man, I, let's get this game over with. Let's just go, you know? The, what we were thinking of was warmth. We can't wait to get home where we will get warm. Like it took me the rest of the afternoon for my fingers and my toes to thaw out. I mean, I, it was cold, all right? I like comfort. I'll just admit it. I like to be comfortable, and I was not comfortable outside yesterday for six hours. I got comfortable when I got inside where it was warm and uh, it was out of the elements, you know. But we like comfort, don't we? And because Why do we like comfort? Because comfort is... We're, we feel secure. We feel safe. We're in a comfortable environment, don't we? You know, it's airbags. Uh, you know, airbags didn't used to be in vehicles. And all of a sudden, you know, they made this great invention. And they put one on the driver's side. And then they add one over on the passenger side. And now they got them, like, all around the car, you know. It's great because it keeps people safe in an accident. It can save lives, right? But I think sometimes we, we want somebody to invent an airbag for our lives, don't we? Yeah, we just we just want somebody to you know to build an airbag that could just go all around all the way around us you know that wouldn't be too conspicuous you know and we could just live life with this airbag around us because we like security we like safety we like comfort 
It's fascinating that the number of things we don't let our kids do now that we did when we were kids. You know what I'm saying? We want to airbag our kids, don't we? You know, okay, I'm going to get, I got to get off the soapbox for just a minute. I promise I'll come back, okay? Uh, but, but you remember, hey, parents, you remember, grandparents, you remember um, on the playground uh, at, the, at your elementary school or at your local park, the slide. You remember the slide? The slide used to be made of metal, right? And in the heat of the summer, uh, June, July, August, you went sliding. Like You learned really quickly to make sure your shorts were all the way down, you know, on the backside of your legs because you were going to get burned, you know, if, if you if – you, you didn't have them all the way down, right, you know, uh, but hey, it didn't scar any of us, you know, psychologically, we're okay, but all of a sudden, you know, we have these plastic slides now at elementary schools and in our parks, and not only that, not only do they have to be made out of plastic, but we have to spend thousands of dollars to put a canopy over the play area, because our kids are so soft, and we want to airbag their lives so much, that so we want to make sure that, you know, the sun doesn't hit them while they're playing on the jungle gym. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. I, okay, soapbox. I'm getting off. But anyway, we love security. We want our kids to be secure. The people here, they, they, wanted, to, they wanted to be secure. Uh, and so they wanted to build this city, and they wanted to put walls around it, and they, they wanted to build this tower because they wanted to stay together because they wanted to be secure. They wanted to feel safe. They wanted to feel comfortable. One of the challenges of this article that came out that I was telling you about, I read just a couple of weeks ago, for the church was that individually um, we can be just like the people of Babel in that, you know, we, we want things to just be we want to be safe. We want to be comfortable. We want to be around people who are like us. And yet the gospel compels us to go out and to talk to people who may not be like us and share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it, it also challenged churches and church leaders that, you know, we can get homogenous in here too, and we can lack diversity in here too, and, and, and we can just kind of get in our holy huddle and just enjoy ourselves, but never go out on mission and invite people to come in and and I think the author was right. I think the author of the article is right. We can do that. We can be guilty of that both individually and as a church because we love security. We love things to just be the same. Towers are built by people who are insecure and afraid. These people are insecure and they're afraid, and that's why they're gathering together to try to build this city. Here's another thing. You and I, we want to be connected to greatness. We want to be connected to greatness. You know, it's, it's, it's like this. If you've ever met a famous person, you know, you name drop, right? Yeah, I met so-and-so, met him over here, got a picture with him. Here, you want to see the picture? We love to name drop. Why? Because we want to be connected to greatness. It's like uh, jumping on the bandwagon in sports, Right? You know, I never knew there were so many Houston Astros fans up here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area until two years ago the Houston Astros win the championship in baseball, and all of a sudden these Houston Astros fans come out of the woodwork, you know, and I'm like, where have you been all this time, you know? You're in Ranger country. Don't you understand that, you know? But anyway, you know, it's people love to jump on a bandwagon. Why do we do that? Because we want to be connected to greatness, right? And I'm not going to make fun of 
our student pastor over here who loves the Chicago Cubs. He's been a lifelong Cubs fan. He didn't jump on the bandwagon when they won the championship finally, and the curse was broken, right? I mean, after all, he named his firstborn after Ryan Sunberg, you know, so there you go, all right? But anyway, a little shout-out there for you, Dooley, your Cubs. There you go, all right. Who, by the way, opened at the ballpark against the Rangers this year, so there you go. I think he's already got his ticket, so okay. But we love to jump on the bandwagon. Why do we do that? Because we want to be connected to greatness. We want to be connected to greatness. The main motivation behind a desire for greatness and a desire to be recognized, however, is pride. It's pride. It is pride, pure and simple. In fact, this seems to be the main issue here at the Tower of Babel. It's the pride of the people against God, in the face of God, not doing what God had instructed them to do. At the root of every sin is pride. And pride says, my will be done rather than, God, your will be done in my life. It says, God, it doesn't matter what you want for me. All that matters is what I want for me. I don't really care about what you want. It's all about what I want. This is pride speaking. This is pride acting out. I think C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite authors, who's gone on to be with the Lord, but one of the most influential Christian writers of the 20th century, says this in his book, Mere Christianity, about pride. There is one vice of which no man in the world is free, which everyone in the world loathes when he sees it in someone else, and of which hardly any people except Christians ever imagine they are guilty themselves. The vice I am speaking of is pride or self-conceit, and the virtue opposite to it in Christian morals is called humility. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. Pride is essentially competitive. Pride gets no pleasure out of having something, only out of having more of it than the next man. That is pride. And what we see exhibited here in our story is pride. You know, pride is ultimately about who gets the glory, me or God. That's, that's, that's really it. Who gets the glory? See, back in the garden, Adam and Eve were trying to make a great name for themselves. They were living for the glory of God. They were living for his greatness, right? But then sin comes in to the world, and all of a sudden it's about our greatness, not about God's greatness. It's about my glory and not about God's glory. And social media today just perpetuates this. It's not that, uh, that pride hasn't been a problem in all of our hearts, but all of a sudden now we have a platform to show everybody how prideful we are. And so we post everything, you know. Uh, and, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But here's one thing I would say. I think you need to check your heart and check your motivation before you ever post something. Why are you posting it? Are you posting it to, you know, so that people will like what you post and so that you'll feel better about yourself? Why, why do you post what you post? And anybody can be guilty of that. I think social media just gives us a, an incredible platform just to show how prideful and self-centered we are as a people. It just does. I hope I'm not offending anybody. Well, maybe I do, but it's, it's true, okay? It's just true, all right? But the entire tower building project is a prideful refusal to do what God had commanded in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. This is the bottom line. You may say, well, what's the big deal about building a tower? 
And what's, wrong, what, what's morally wrong with that? What, what's morally wrong with building a city? I mean, after all, we live in a city, okay? So what's the big deal? It, it, it's, it's morally neutral. Why, why, was, why is this such a big deal? Because God had commanded human beings in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, this, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. In other words, multiply and scatter. And what are the people here in our story wanting to do? They want to settle in one place. They want to stay together. They don't want to scatter. That's the real issue here. And pride, human pride, is at the center of it. Towers are built by people who are full of pride. You know, that building that I showed you in Dubai hasn't always been there. It hasn't always been the tallest so why did they build as tall as they did? Probably because they wanted to have the tallest building in their city as a matter of pride. The architects wanted to see, can we build the tallest tower on, you know, on planet Earth at this time? Why? Because of their pride. Pride is at the center of it. Pride is at the center of this tower. These towers are built by people who are full of pride. But here's the deal. The desire for belonging, security, and greatness is not wrong. None of these things are wrong. These are, these are things that we should want. We should want to belong to a people and belong uh, to a, a place that, you know, that um, we find significance and we find worth and, and we live and, and, and enjoy ourselves. None of these things are wrong. It's where we seek them that is wrong. We seek them in every person and place other than God, and when we do that, we always find disappointment. We always find disappointment. God comes down. He confuses their language. They don't finish the tower. It just stands there unfinished. The people were disappointed. You and I are disappointed when we look outside of God for the things that only he can give us. And so if you're here this morning and there's something in your life that is a disappointment, it could be, I'm not saying it's the only reason, but it could be the fact that you are building a tower, you've been building a tower to try to regain something that you lost, something that you can only find in God himself. But here's the good news of the gospel. God enabled us to regain everything we lost by sending Jesus and creating the church. Through Jesus, we have permanent family, to belong to, eternal security in his presence, and the greatness of living for the glory of God. You see, through faith in Jesus, we are permanently adopted into God's family. We become God's kids. And in that, we find a a family to belong to, a place to belong, a people to belong to. And Jesus enabled that to happen for us. A permanent family to belong to, a permanent place to belong to. Through his church, we find a people to belong to and a place we can call home. The church is a place for us to belong. It's a people for us to belong to. It's a place for us to call home. Through faith in Jesus, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit and the promise of his word that he will never leave us or forsake us. Why is this important to us? Because we long for security. We long for safety. 
And in Jesus Christ, we find the safety and the security that our hearts have always longed for. Someone who will love us unconditionally for eternity and never leave us and never betray us and never turn his back on us. That's Jesus. And he fulfills a longing in our heart, a desire in our heart that was lost because of sin. Through his church, we find the security and encouragement that comes from being with God's people. Look, I know the church is not perfect because the church is made of imperfect people. The church on earth has not yet been perfected. The church in heaven has been perfected. But the church on earth has not been. So we are made up of imperfect people. And sometimes we say things and we do things to, uh, to each other that we shouldn't do. And so I realize that sometimes the church is not the safe place that it should be. But God intended for it to be a safe place. God intended for it to be a family where we love each other unconditionally. And we encourage each other. And we push each other toward becoming more and more like Jesus. That's why the church is so special. It's the only place on earth that's like that. And God established it for that purpose. Through faith in Jesus and the gift of his spirit, we become a part of the greatest mission endeavor ever to live for God and make his gospel known. That's the mission that Jesus gives us. It's the mission that he sent us on. It's the mission he saved us to. And through his church, we find the greatness of working together to share the gospel of Jesus. And so in Jesus and in his church, we have all the desires of our heart that our hearts long for. The things that we lost in the fall have been regained through Jesus and his church. And here's the last kind of fun fact here for you, all right? The coming of the Spirit. And the birth of the church is a reversal of the curse. In Acts chapter 2, it records for us the birth of the church, the beginning of the church. is when the, the Holy Spirit of God comes down as Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost. And it comes and it rests on the people and, and, and comes inside of them, all right? And so that, that was, this was promised by God himself. Um, that the Holy Spirit would come and the Spirit of God would indwell each and every believer in Jesus Christ. Well, this comes true in, in Acts chapter 2. And what I want you to realize is the differences between the Tower of Babel and the Holy Spirit coming in Acts chapter 2. It's almost like God is reversing the curse. Notice this for me, uh, man full of himself in the Tower of Babel, but man full of God in Acts chapter 2. Language is used to promote a human agenda in the Tower of Babel story, but language is used as a sign to announce the mighty works of God. Remember, Peter spoke and everybody heard him, although there were different, different nationalities, different languages, but as Peter was preaching the gospel, everybody heard it in their own language. Confession of tongues, confusion of tongues in Tower of Babel, but tongues are understood in Acts chapter 2. God scattered the people in judgment at the Tower of Babel story, but God scatters his people to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth in Acts chapter 2. Resulted in disunity, Tower of Babel, but in Acts chapter 2 it results in unity and the creation of a new people. You see, God is just beginning to, to reverse the curse 
from Genesis chapter 11 in Acts chapter 2. It's just just a, a little bit of a peeling back so that we can see a little bit of like what eternity is going to be like. Uh, that there are going to be no barriers between us. Language is not going to be a barrier for us. It doesn't matter where you're from. Uh, you're going to speak the same language. You're gonna under, we're going to understand each other. It's the beginning of the reversal of the curse from Genesis chapter 11. And again, what we see today is that literally every story in the Old Testament prepares us for the coming of Jesus and the coming of his bride, the church. And today what we learn is that both in Jesus and in his church, we find the fulfillment, the longings of our heart, things that were lost in the garden can now be regained in Jesus and his church. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for this word that we've looked at today. God, thank you that.